Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. Welcome to Episode 5 of Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS. My name's Adam Mullet. I'm the Marketing Manager here at NGIS, and today I am joined by Executive Director of NGIS, Richard Bentley, and Managing Director of NGIS, Paul Farrell. So I'll go to you first, Richard. For the last 10 years, we've come to enjoy maps everywhere. We have Google Maps, and you see it in pretty much every single um, app you can think of. It's become pervasive on the internet, and it's really easy to use for navigation in your car. So before we go any further about maps today, Richard, let's get something uh, sorted out. What is a map? Adam, a map to me is a visual representation of a theme or idea or information that you're trying to portray to people uh, of all ages. So it should have a single or at at max a couple of themes that you might be running on the map. Um, But just going back to the Google thing, I think that uh, there was a whole... Uh, industry that exhaled because they could then explain what they did as a job. Uh, so GIS and cartography, people didn't quite understand it out there. What's a digital map? Um, and then we said, you know Google Maps? And they go, yes. And you go, well, that's what we do. And everyone goes, oh, that's right. But if you try and explain it to people, they just don't understand it. So for me, the, the map is about uh, a representation of information. So now, in a digital sense, it's a database Uh, that we are painting a picture from that database of information that we're interested in to see the relationships between those pieces of information in a pictorial sense. Really good question, Adam. And at the end of the day, maps are about communication and maps are about telling a story. And maps have been used in that way for tens of thousands of years from way back with Indigenous communities around the globe they are part of telling stories about where waterholes are and where sacred sites are. Nothing has changed. They're about communication, about storytelling. And, and it was a, a trip that myself and Richard were on probably two or three years ago in the States uh, at an actual Google conference. Um, we actually started sitting back and reflecting on what is it about this thing called maps. And they, they have some common elements about them. And, but number one is they're a universal language. Everyone understands them, and whether whether I'm in Sydney or whether I'm in San Diego or wherever, whatever it is, if I need to find my way, if I need to create a bit of order out of out of chaos, I, I go to the map, and the map helps me uh, make a decision on what I want to do or where I want to head. So what about why should we use a map? I mean, there's a few examples uh, that you've just given there, Paul, but why should we use a map? I just think they're a fantastic communication tool. That's number one. So, so the whole word, uh, a picture tells a thousand words, while a map probably tells a million words. Uh, so where applicable, they're a fantastic communication tool. If you're dealing with location information, that, that is position of things or, or assets or people on the earth, a map is the best way to represent that information and have it understood by a lot of people. So I think fundamentally, if you're looking to communicate with people when you're managing location information, lots of location information, a map is the most effective medium for communicating something. 
Yeah, um, with the with mapping, um, if you're looking at information, it's easier to see any errors in the information when you see it pictorially. I mean, the example that I give you was, uh, you know, a company, a mining company, drilling a lot of uh, holes, picking up a lot of data, um, seeing where those holes are uh, from the database on on a map can tell you where there are any errors. Uh, so we we found some. We found some um, some drill holes that were actually in the uh, Indian Ocean, which is probably not a good thing if you're a, a mining company. Great if you're a petroleum company, but not so much for mining companies. You just have to have a look at how we behave in society. Um, if I go to a new city, one of the first things I do is get a map. Why? Because I'm wanting to locate myself. I wanted to see where I am, and and I've quizzed. I, I just I've quizzed people just to make sure I'm not the unique person that does that. But lots and lots of people do that to just you know locate themselves and find out where things are in a strange place. But the second thing is you just have to look at business models out there now. You just look at Domino's Pizza. Look at Uber. Look at all a lot of businesses now out there. Maps are fun, a fundamental part of their new business model. Where where are they? Where are the client? And how long is it going to take to get there? It's all part of providing a, you know, a new paradigm in service. So maps are just starting to pervade into everything. I do think Google Maps provided that lead example of how maps can be used within society, and people are just now starting to take that up from a business point of view. Well, we probably don't always need a map, though, right? I mean. I looked up recently when my bin day was, you know, when I need to put my bin out on the front verge. And they had, you know, type in your address. And not only did it show a little map there, which was really, really zoomed into my house, so it showed really no information outside of my block, it then told me the day of the week when I need to put it out. Now, that was the information I was actually after. So when should we not use a map? We should not use a map when it's not adding anything to the to the information that's been provided fundamentally and your experience was why did I get a map there I don't need a map so uh, we did an example of a project in in New South Wales around planning and it would have been really really easy to have maps all over the place but to be fundamentally honest uh, we didn't need it the question that was being asked is if I'm going to do a planning development what 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 affects me in this particular location? The only reason we used any map in in some form was just to check the location was right. Beyond that, you actually didn't need a map. You just need to know what what things I need to look at if I'm going to develop this property. So, it's this 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 term that's going through the industry called the invisible map, where location data may be driving things in the background, but the actual presentation of the information is not a map it's it's something else so an example of that paul might be uh uber for example when you put uh your to and from address all you get back is a dollar value uh it doesn't say you know this is where you're going to go this is what you're going to do it's just a dollar value um so i think with your example with your bin day it's checking to see whether that is actually a validated address and so you can say, oh, yeah, that is my that is my house, or that's not my house, or you know there are two streets with similar spellings that I've typed in incorrectly. So it's just using it as a validation or a quality assurance component there, I think. So when we're talking about using maps um, to understand data, people might say, I've already got Excel came with my computer. Why do I need to spend money on developing a map and spend time on that? Why why is Excel not enough? When do I need a map? Look, Excel is a fantastic tool and does 
it can, never continues to amaze me what Excel does, and it does have some very rudimentary mapping uh, functionality in there. But at the end of the day, when you have lots of location information, uh, a location, a map is the best way to present it. Uh, the other thing that Excel will not allow you to do, where, where the real power lies, is to see relationships between different levels of a map. Uh, just, just for example, uh, you, you might be analysing some particular relationship between the location of uh, outages uh, and other other forms of information around weather and that sort of stuff. Excel won't pick up those relationships, but a map will. You'll be able to see dots on points on top of other things and you'll be able to infer um, a relationship there from that. Let me pick you up on something you said there. You said location data. What is location data? Location data is your your your, your physical uh, presence on the earth, the, the location of your presence on the earth. So it's, it's you or a or a thing or an asset and their location in the earth. And, and um, so some things are static and don't move. A lot of other things move around like cars and people and, and weather. So lo- location data relates to your position on the earth. Richard, where do I get location data? Uh, location data is generated, you know, from the phone you're holding there. You know, there's the blue dot. Uh, there's a lot of information, you know, that Google and other carriers are, uh, are gathering, you know, for foot traffic. They're tracking uh, our movement. Uh, you see it on Google Maps, the traffic ability. Um, Internet of Things is generating a an absolute ton of information, so much information that we're not actually storing it. We're just sampling uh, pieces of information coming out of that uh, hose pipe of, uh, of data that's coming out. So we're seeing a lot of, uh, well, the Internet of Things, everything basically has a, a, an IP address, so it'll have a location, whether it's a logical location or a physical location as well. So it's it's just there's so much information being generated. It's almost, uh, well, it is un. It's incomprehensible to someone like myself. <laughs> I mean, what about? Um, I mean, I've got a CRM, right? Do the address lines, you know, the address data of my customers is, is that location data? Yeah, of course it is. Um, and so is the the value of the sale that you're making to them. So you can uh, draw and understand how much effort's required to service uh, a particular area. Um, so, look, we we work in. Uh, working across Australia, we can see what our spend is on our marketing across the states of Australia and what the revenue is. So we can understand, well, where are the holes? Uh, where are we getting the, the best return? And we can make decisions about how expensive it is to, uh, to service a particular market. You know, like I suppose the Northern Territory is probably the, the most remote uh, region that we work on from Western Australia. Uh, so we can then say, okay, so what are the... what what's the best value statement for us? And in an Excel spreadsheet, sure, you can see that. But to see it as a, as a map without having to wade through all the data, you can, uh, you can just see the information directly. So what are some good examples of maps that you guys have seen? I saw a very funny one recently called 40 Ways to Divide Europe, um, and that is a very comical one where they, they try to find very controversial statements about uh, you know generalising all these different countries into two or three buckets. For example, Southern Europe is tomato Europe. Northern Europe is potato Europe. You've got vodka Europe to the east and to the north, and then you've got beer Europe to the uh, to the west, and then wine Europe to the bottom. You know, So what are some interesting maps that you guys have seen that tell us? A really interesting story. 
Uh, for me, uh, Route 66 is a uh, is a great is a great map. It allows you to uh, put in all the things that you're interested in or want to see on Route 66, uh, and then it calculates how long it's going to take you to actually see all of those things that you're interested in, and how far off the beaten track that you want to go to see those things. So for me, it it gives people um, uh, a sense of fun, so they can sort of test it out and they can see all of the things. The information's all there, um, but it also gives them maximum value for their Route 66 trip from, uh, you know, right across the state. So it's a it's an iconic uh, route. So it's, um, yeah, very, very interesting, all the little things that you can do and see, but it, and it can be tailored to your the experience that you want, which is also pretty exciting. So for me, that's interesting. Uh, for somebody else, it might not be. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated at the moment by maps that represent not only your, your location, but also the time of that location, having that uh, displayed and to so you can see the movement of, of things in real time. So I've seen, I've seen a, an example of a map in New York where they, they basically plotted cyclists for 24 hours and, and the movement of that is, is, just, is just fascinating. I was talking, I was at an event, a launch the other night for the Australian Wildlife Conservancy and they're doing some fantastic work getting rid of feral animals in, in wild areas. And uh, the CEO, Atticus, uh, is a fantastic, fa- fantastic guy. I put up a map of feral cats uh, plotted on a map, but they were just static dots. And I chatted to him afterwards and said, wouldn't it be fascinating to actually see their movement? Because they've got these collars on these things. Wouldn't it be fasc- fascinating to see the movement during a night? And I was talking to some of the scientists that night, and they went, wow, that'd be great, because they can see where they're moving and along the fence lines. And so um, I think that time dimension always fascinates me at the moment. So what are the characteristics of a good map? We've, we've mentioned a few examples here. What's, if you had to boil it down to three points, what makes a really good map? Uh, for me, maps haven't changed in 10,000 years. So, so the, the, the qualities of a good map haven't changed. So number one, they need to be simple. So putting a truckload of data on there just because you can leads to confusion. So they need to be simple. Number two, they need to be accessible. So the, the people that use them need to have it available to them when they need it. So for hard copy maps, that used to be making sure you got the hard copy map with you when you're actually needing it. It's no point having it back in the office. These days, it's about having it available on your device any to, any, anywhere, anytime. So I think that's that's important that, and that, that requires good design to do that. But number three, uh, and and most important, they they need to be able to communicate something and lead to a decision. I think that's that's fundamental to any map you produce. You need to be thinking about what is the question that someone's trying to ask, and it m- must lead to that person being able to make a decision or, or come up with an answer to that question. Yeah, Paul. I- Excellent points, by the way. Uh, I suppose the other thing is the analogy would be between uh, writing an email and having a complex map. The more uh, pieces of information you put into an email, the more ambiguity arises. So the more information you have on a map, and we did this back in the 90s uh, in GIS. We put everything we possibly could onto a web map, and it was just so busy. People are going, well, what's this about? It's just they couldn't consume the information that uh, that was being portrayed in front of them. So that came to sort of uh, this sort of interpretational ambiguity, I suppose you'd call it. So just 
distilling it down, single message, single map. That's the way to go. I'm fascinated by a, a TED talk called The Science of Simplicity. And um, the, the reason why it's, it's, it's a funny play on words is because scientists by nature love complexity. And you can talk to people, ask, ask a physicist about complexity and, and uh, basically you can, you can be, switch your mind off and half an hour later they'll be, still be talking. So we love, com- <laughs> we love complexity. We, we love complexity. But the real art is how you, make things, how you make things simple. <laughs> How you make things simple. So the, the art of something simple, like like the iPhone, for example, is uh, enormous amounts of complexity in the background, but the presentation is is simple. So let's. The, the, the thing is, as scientists and as GIS people, we try and prove how clever we are, like Richard said, and put everything on the map. Well, actually, that's destroying the whole point because you're trying to communicate something very, very pointed. Uh, we need to challenge ourselves to be simple so the science of simplicity is something that drives me and drives us here is to make sure people you know maps are really used by people yeah i think winston churchill said it the best Uh, if you want me to talk about something for a day i'm ready to go now but if you want me to speak for five minutes on something you've got to give me two weeks so it's really getting a clear message across it takes time all right that's the perfect way to end the podcast i think Thank you both for joining me on Location Matters. If you want to hear other episodes of Location Matters, head to ngis.com.au and you can subscribe there. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website, ngis.com.au.